David, Chaz, this one's for the grit, uh, Chris from Jersey over here listening to the pod, uh, bad boy Rai Rai talking about bringing food onto a plane. I don't have issue with that. What I have issue with is a guy from New Jersey eating California Pizza Kitchen. That shit is disgusting. So leading me to this, to, to this barrel right now, eating your regional specialty food in other cities. You know, Ryan's from Jersey. He shouldn't be eating pizza anywhere other than Jersey, New York City. Um, inversely, when I lived in San Diego, you know, did not eat pizza. But I was crushing burritos left and right. I, had, I don't think I've had a burrito in the last 10 years living back on the East Coast. Just don't do it. Only get it when I'm in San Diego. That's my barrel enough for you. Eating your town or city's regional specialty in other cities. Keep up the work. Rai Rai deserves the call out on that one. Deserves the slam onto the reef. He thought he was getting barreled, but no. This caller is 100% right. I don't touch Mexican food when I'm in New York City. I eat pizza. I eat hot dogs. I eat fancy Michelin-starred things. I don't eat no stinking Mexican food here. Do you? No, heck no. <laughs> well, actually, that's so funny now that I think about it. Um, our video editor for this show lives in New York, and she's like, man you really got to go to this one restaurant. It's phenomenal. And uh, it was a Mexican restaurant, but it was super, um, you know, fancy Mexican. Hoity-toity, hoity-toity Mexican. Exactly. Um, Yeah, no, this is, this is a straight up. Yeah. It is a no barrel to eat. Like, I think it, it should be like, if your city is really, really known for something. And also, for example, it's okay for me living in North County, San Diego to eat Philly cheesesteaks anywhere I go, right? I love it. Do you like a Philly cheesesteak? I do, of course. I love a Philly cheesesteak. I've even had a Philly cheesesteak in Philadelphia and it was phenomenal, right? But since I didn't grow up eating that as my local cuisine, it's okay for me to eat it everywhere, yeah. but it would not be okay if I was a Philadelphian to eat my Philly cheesesteak in Cardiff by the Sea. Yeah. I mean, really the ultimate expression of this with pizza would be if you're from uh, Naples. Yep. And then you find yourself in California and you would not go to California pizza kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, because it's just, it, it's such a bastardization of what you grew up on. You just would not do it. So here's the, here's the thing though. I have a, I have a question for you. Uh, I think pizza is such a staple, right? That I'm like, of course, if you're Napolitano, uh, eating your pizza from the birthplace of pizza Naples, that's fine. Right. But I think you going to New York and eating a New York slice, that's its own thing, right? That is basically a separate category of pizza from Naples, correct? It is, but there's a mental trick. You have to convince, you have to remind yourself that this is no longer pizza. This is almost a different category. I mean, this is pizza. Pizza, I would allow, since it is so delicious and wonderful, I would allow pizza to be a whole food group in and of itself, like meat, right? Because you have meat and you say, oh, I love to eat meat. Uh, you know, but you can eat steak, you can eat chicken, you can eat all kinds of meat, right? That That is uh, true. I'm going to say pizza is a category like meat. And mm-hmm. so you have your Naples pizza, right? Which is could be like veal, right? Like the very height of sophistication. Then you have your New York pizza. You have your Detroit pizza. You have your Chicago pizza. You have all these different varietals of pizza that are entirely different, both from one another and from the, you know, original 
but just because pizza is such a broad category, but California pizza kitchen is not the best version of California's pizza. No. California, in fact, has no version of pizza, which no. is weird. There's no California pizza. There is a Detroit pizza. There's no even San Francisco or LA or whatever pizza, we, right? Well, we've got the California burrito with the French fries. We do in have it. that. We do have that. So it's that's great. Oh, but is the California pizza just a pizza with French fries on it? Maybe it could be. <laughs> um, but you're right. The veal is more akin to chicken than Chicago pizza is to Nip, uh, Napolitana pizza. That's true. That, that Then a deep dish. Totally. Chicago pizza. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Have you ever had a pizza in Chicago? I've never been to Chicago. I never have either. Yeah. When, when we do our road show, I guess we're going to have to go to Chicago. Yeah. One of my best friends is from Chicago and he's like super Chicago guy. <laughs> like the accent, the attitude, like pro. The hat. Yeah. Like pro. He's super like Blackhawks all the way, you know. Um, is that what it is? The Blackhawks? I think so. Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I don't really listen when, when he's talking, but <laughs> <laughs> at any rate, um, good call. And bad boy. Rai Rai deserves the shame that he received on that. slam. Um, so, Hey, first out of the gates, Margaret river day one for the men day, day one for the women actually ran two days ago. Day one for the men ran last night for us in the U S. So let's cover that really quickly. Uh, were you able to watch any of the comp? No, and here's the thing I realized. When you have, this is going to be a problem. I don't want to harp. I don't want to kick the dead horse. I do, kind of. That dead horse is so fun to kick. I'm just going to say quickly, uh, if you have anything in your life going on that's vaguely interesting, professional surf watching is the very first thing that goes right out the window. I knew the contest was coming on. I mean, I was like running around New York, going here to here to here to here. Not even one part of me thought I should take out my phone and watch even a few minutes of the heats. I should even see how good the quality of surf is. I thought, oh, surf's comps on. Cool. Don't care. Do not care at all. That's the last thing I care about right now. Um, Let's say seven years ago, if you were in New York doing exactly what you're doing now and the comp came on and it was pipe, let's say, would you engage? Yeah, I would have. I would have like, uh, yeah, for sure. I would have found a you know, cafe, yeah. coffee spot, whatever, and watch, watch some of it. So the ultimate question is, is it that your interest, you just matured out of it? Or is it that the thing that they're doing has gotten less interesting? Yeah. It's, I mean, I would make the argument and I think we make the argument yeah. every single week that the thing that they're doing is less interesting. I think that's entirely true too. I try to get out of my little bubble and like really look at it objectively and think, no, I have developed other interests in life. But the reality is I've developed those other interests in life because they've let me down so frequently. Yeah. That's all that it, it just, is, you know, because it just sucks. I'm, I'm equally as in, into other aspects of surfing. You know what I mean? Like I, my other aspects of surfing have not waned. The interest in those have not waned as much as well, it has and, in watching professional competitions. And, and furthermore, it's not like I'm so interested in doing other things that I, that I have no time, right? I was yeah. keenly aware of what the Padres were doing. I was, you know, checking up on that score. I was trying actually to find the Lakers game to go watch some of that. So it's not just like, oh, yeah. I'm I'm doing highbrowish things and don't have time for lowbrow sport, right? It's right. not that at all. Or don't, you know, I just don't have time. I had plenty of time to check in on the Padres or find the Lakers game. I had zero time for the World Surf League's Margaret River Pro. Well, I'll give you a quick recap of it. Um, I did not watch it either, but this morning when I woke up, I re I kind of took a quick um, survey of what the main storylines were. And 
it's funny, very, you know, the previous four contests have been so abysmal that the, bad surf. Yeah. Like this little bit of uh decent surf, a couple of performances is super exciting. It's like, I saw that things happened and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it boosts waves. Yeah, totally. It boosted my adrenaline a tiny bit. And then just within 20 minutes, I was like, well, none of this is actually really worth discussing. Like in the years and years that we've been doing the podcast, does this day of competition rank among things that we should discuss? And the answer is absolutely not. It just does in the context of this year. You know, it feels yeah, exciting totally. compared to the rest of this year. But the reason why I think it was exciting uh, in that context is that the waves were contestable. So they definitely were not good. They definitely, or I'm, they definitely were not pumping and they definitely were not living up to the hype of this swell that arrived the day before the event. And apparently it's going to be peaking today, a uh, new swell. So it should be better. The next day of competition should be better. Um, but it was contestable. So people were able to kind of get their thing on. And those surfers who really needed to rise to the occasion did. So Slater showed up and he did his Slater thing. Chloe and Dino surfed to his fullest potential, won his heat convincingly. So seeing those kind of storylines um, come back around, you know, the storyline of these people un unfulfilling their potential happens over and over and over and over and over. We're bored of it. And then when they live up to their potential, now there's a spike in interest. But again, they're not scoring perfect heats. You know, this isn't Owen Wright at cloud break. This is them putting together a 15 point heat total at chest high Margaret River. I would love for Colohandino to fall off tour. Not that I would love that to happen, but for him to fall off tour and then sue the World Surf League for giving him an impossible work working uh, work conditions. I love say it. these were <laughs> these were unsafe work conditions that directly led to me losing my job. Excellent. And by unsafe, I mean just crap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start the petition. Unsafe work yeah. conditions, because that's the thing. The kid in the fact in the iPhone factory in China. He can't sue Apple like his hands hurt. Oh. He doesn't have access to a lawyer, all that kind of stuff. They need an advocate. They need an advocate yep. to get them to band together. So you and I can be the advocate and get all of them together. Unsafe work conditions. I mean, and that's what it is. That's what the World Surf League made unsafe work condition conditions. Chloe could not do his work in those conditions. It was unsafe. And frankly, I think you and I both got this DM. Uh, which was talking about knee injuries, et cetera, right? Where John John regularly tweaks his knee, and now we have Jack Robinson hurt his knee uh, because it's unsafe, right? They have to manufacture turns and or moves in garbage little slop, and uh-oh, there goes your ACL. And further to that guy's point was people always get injured in small waves. Yeah, I, guess I mean, especially, that was the point. Yeah, especially on the, on the um, professional level. It's like Kelly Slater talks about the worst injury he like almost he um got knocked out and almost drowned was surfing like four foot you know beach break in portugal or something like that so a guy who surfs uh, harrowing barreling reef passes regularly gets most injured in a beach yeah. break and so yeah we've seen it in terms of the injury roster jack robinson at crappy bells last month and then of course Everybody. Unsafe work conditions. This is a this is a class action lawsuit that professional surfers can file against. Well, you know what? I know even lawyers amongst our dedicated, beautiful listening ranks. So we've got the lawyers, we've got the bullhorn. Now all we need is the surfers. Class 
action. And we've got a billionaire who's will who's uh gonna just pay out. Yeah, going to be able to just pay out. <laughs> Speaking of billionaires and, and things, uh oh, are we done talking about Margaret River? I was just gonna ask you who's on your survival team, that's all. Oh, I do have so I was gonna ask you. I, I got Ethan Ewing, which I felt really weird about. I thought this is the wrong move. Did he lose his heat? Um I don't think he won, but I don't think he got last. My weird feeling, my gut reaction was to go Kyle Abelli. Mm. Uh, Kyle let me down uh, year one of Survival League, so I'm really reticent to pick him. Uh, yeah, but that's what my gut was telling me. But usually if I go against my gut, it's the better call. <laughs> uh, Ethan got second in his heat. Jackson Baker dominated that heat. And then uh, okay, wi- wild card Jarvis Earl got third. So Ethan's not passed Through. the round of 32, but he's into the round of 32. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. Um, uh, so I was going to pick Kayo for this event. Uh, at the beginning of the week, I was like, yeah, Kayo's the guy. Like, Remember when he surfed Cloudbre or surfed, uh, we talked about it on the podcast, when he surfed Margaret, like was the only guy out there. I think that was when we had Man of the People, where he was alone in the dark completely and but i then realized when i went to go i actually clicked kayo and then i was scrolling down the list to click submit and i saw joao chianca and i'm like oh i didn't put so i created my survival picks before the season started and i'm just like i'm gonna stick to the spreadsheet joao had not risen to the fame that he's now you know to first position essentially before the season started so he wasn't even on my radar and then when Jack Robinson, who I had for this, pulled out, I was like, Kaya was just kind of, I don't know, I was mm. just reaching for somebody. But Joao. Yeah. Joao was But Joao went out, didn't he? I mean, Joao's into the eliminations. No, he got second as well. Oh. Kelly beat him, so okay. he's into the round of 32. Okay, so both you and I both sort of limped into the round of 32, but we didn't get, uh, yeah, there's no nervousness for the elimination round. Correct. Correct. Well, great. What were you going to say, though, speaking of billionaires? Uh, well, I was just going to say, speaking of Margaret and billionaires and people who work for billionaires, did you see Eric Logan, chief of executives of the World Surf League's two-camera Instagram bit from Margaret River? I saw it, and the volume was down, and it looked kooky, and then I just didn't even take the time to watch it. Everybody needs to go back and listen to that. Watch it and listen to it. It is absolute peak surf kook. Like, you realize that... Kooky, of course, like pizza, you have your category big kook, right? Your big category kook. And then underneath that, there is many different varietals of kook. Of course, we have our vulnerable adult learner. We have our, you know, guy who puts his wetsuit on backwards. We have the person who shoots his board or can't hold their board while duck diving. We have the influencer who's taking pictures. So many different versions of kook, right? Eric's thing from... uh his two camera bit, which I don't know who he thinks these are for or why this is necessary. I I don't know why he thinks that he, his face should be really front and center of the advertisement of professional surfing for some unknown reason. They must've hired some firm or something that said, Hey, Jesse Miley and Eric, the more you guys can get out front, you know, the, the better this feel, the more personal this all feels. I I have no idea what they're, either of them were thinking, but especially Eric. In any case. Uh, is it worth playing for our listeners? Because I could pull the clip and play it in the post Yes, please. Okay. Yes, please. All right. Hey, everyone. I've always heard the term, the West is the best. So we had to check it out for ourselves. So uh, here we are at CT stop number five, the Margaret River Pro. 
brought to you by Western Australia. It's uh, stunning. It's stunning. I mean, not only the, the whole area, but, but the, the broadcast site. So uh, give you a quick tour of what, uh, what's happening here. Now, a lot of people always talk about the box. Like, when can you run at the box? Can you run at the box? So just give you an idea. Here's main break right here from where I'm standing on the cliff. Right over there is the box. And you can see it's too drained right there at the box. But uh, you never know. The event locations are great. The food trucks, the places where people are going to be sitting and watching the competition. You know, up on the cliff, looking at this beautiful landscape. All right, stay tuned. Call could be on at any moment. So, like, he talks in the we person, which is so weird. Like, we've never been to, you know, Margaret River, so we thought we'd head on out and check this out for, you know, we've, we've never been to Western Australia. Why are you saying we? Well, just say I've never been, so I thought I would fly and check it out to begin with. Yeah. Uh, he then goes and like he's standing at the at the uh, at Margaret River, right? And saying, "So here's Margaret River, uh, or Main Break, or whatever." He, like he, but everything is wrong. And let's look over. Here is the box right here. Now people always ask us why we don't run at the box. Like the way he was saying the box was the box is just a word, right? I mean, it's weird to get it wrong. Every time he said it, it was so wrong in his inflection and everything. And his understanding of it was all wrong. He was like, people always ask us. Yeah, this is literally what I said. People ask us why we don't run out the box. Well, here's main break. Breaking. Here is the box. Not breaking. Right. And showed it over. And, you know, like thinking, hey, dumbass. Like people aren't asking you why you don't run at the box. Always. People are asking when the box is pumping oftentimes why you're not just going over there instead of kind of lopey main break. Yeah. Right. Like it's a specific question and it's not a general, you should run at the box all the time. Yeah. That's silly. And it just gets, it just it, goes on. It devolves from there. Well, it, it's just further evidence that he doesn't understand surfing. He has no background no. in surfing. He doesn't understand surfing and he's has the most cursory explanation for why they aren't as an organization doing something but it's like there's an easy solve for that you can run at the box you just need to schedule your events properly in order to do it yeah you know and and or like i don't know that surf fans are always clamoring for it to be at the box like i don't you know some if sometimes we see, i think if we see that there's a box day within the waiting period then we want you then to run you at the box there. Totally. That's it. But you don't need the whole event. The whole event does not need, I always think that's what makes one of the things that makes Margaret River great is that you can have two, you can showcase two styles of surfing or two types of surfing in one event where if you have a box day, uh, in the Margaret waiting period, then that's like when, uh, Italo had his, you know, first session ever at the box, that wave that he dropped in on and all like that is seared in the memory, right? Where I think you get those kind of memories being seared at the box that you don't, I can't for the life of me think of one main break, uh, wave of consequence or of that, that has stuck with me. John John's Yeah, maybe, but I, those get mixed up with, you know, other places, John, John surfs in my mind. Yeah. It's nothing against main break. I think it's fine, but it's like the combo of box main break is nice. The mobile, the mobile contest site for a given event is an epic thing to do. And because if the point of running in various venues throughout the course of the year is to show who the best surfer is, like who the best complete surfer is, you could do that in one event. Seeing somebody who can dominate main break and then dominate at the box is, I mean, that's, it's undeniable. And then also, 
like also go to North Point. Remember when they did Amazing. when they yeah. when they added North Point into the yeah. and now you have like really really different kinds of waves, which Western Australia uniquely offers, right? Uh, where you know if you're, I don't know, the difference between Bell's Bowl and Winky Pop, yeah. you know, is is to me negligible. I understand that they are different types of surfing and different types of waves and all that, but it's not like the it's not the difference of main break no. box North Point. No, exactly. Um, <clears throat> well, I think that covers it for Margaret River. We've got a listener line call with a kook and current submission from a former world champion surfer. Great. Chaz, Scales, P to the J. Hey, um, hoping this kook or current has not been done before, but wax. Let's narrow in on wax here. Um, Cougar Kern either doesn't have wax, both of them, or it's melted into the cup holder. And I vividly remember, like, in the parking lot, searching out, that guy looks like a medium-class surfer. He's got to have wax. Hey, you got any wax? Pulls out the most trippest bar you've ever seen with the wax comb everything's perfectly in order you know better than you even having wax yourself so there it is current fingers and toes crossed that one hadn't been done before because like you said these things aren't easy to come up with so you guys are killing it um i definitely find myself disagreeing which is very healthy so keep it up all right, it's a little bit of a jumbled audio, but CJ Hobgood submission, Kook and Curran uh, not having wax. It is I out of the park siege. We have not done that, but he is exactly right. Not having wax because I, I really had to think long and hard about this one. And his example of he is a world champ and he doesn't have wax already yes. classifies it partially. Right. And if you're a kook, you also don't have wax. Cause you just don't know, you know, or you either. So his thing is you either don't have wax or it's melted into the cup holder. You, yes. you, yeah. But then the, I, the example of like, I need wax. So he looks or surveys the parking lot and he's like, who is the most intermediate surfer that I can find here? Cause you guarantee that guy has wax. At least three bars of wax. And a shower kit, probably. You yep, know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> but you're right. Three bars of wax. He has base coat. He has the regular wax. And he has a top coat, too. Yep. And yep. And, it, I mean, and they're in the little plastic Tupperware container that, like, I don't know what brand does that. And then a wax comb with it. He's got it all. It is, it is so true. It is so true. Uh, do you take wax to the beach with you? Or do you wax at home and then go? Oh, I, I just leave it in my car. I have, like, a bin in my car that I keep all that stuff in. I mean, precisely like I'll wax at home and then go down. But if I, if I, uh, what lived further away, yeah. I suppose, uh, then I would, yeah, I would. And I, I as an intermediate surfer always, I, I never don't have wax or have access wax. to wax. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> which, which again, totally to, I mean, it, it props up CJ's point even more. CJ nailed it. Not having wax is cooker current. Yep, I've never not had wax and I'm totally mediocre. I I can't imagine uh, like John John Florence, like oddly, it doesn't compute that he would have wax in his car or truck or right. Like I figure he just like wax just magically appears for 
those guys. At a certain level, everybody provides everything. You don't need to for yourself. Yeah. You have three handlers who have backup yeah. everything, you know? Yeah, Your photographer, by the way, world-class photographers keep fin keys with them. They keep all that stuff. Wax. Just as, yeah. That is so true. Yeah. And eventually, I mean, it's it really is true that the uh, part of your brain that says bring wax for a current would atrophy and die because you're around so many people who have wax, right? Why would you, because wax can be a sticky mess, of course. It can melt, it can get on stuff. It's like not that cool to have wax, right? It's a hassle. I mean, the fact it, I said that I have a bin, that bin came into existence after 20 years of surfing. For the yeah. first 20, I melted wax into the back in the of my holder. car. Yeah, in the yep. in the cup holder, into the back of the car, scrape it out, try to melt it a little bit, then scrape it a little bit more, you know, rub some sand to try to grip that. So yeah, and but now as a responsible adult, I've got a few spare fin keys. I've got a few spare leash, um, you know, strings, a little bit of everything. I never, never go without, but I'm also the most mediocre surfer I've ever been in my yep. life. Yep. Thank you. Former world champion CJ Hobgood for, and he's exactly right. That's what makes them so good is how hard they are. He says, these are hard to come up with. Correct. Like that's what makes impossible discovering a Kukukuran. It's like finding a gold nugget in the stream. In uh, you are, we're all out there prospecting, but not everybody's finding gold. No. That's why gold is valuable. CJ, you found a nugget. He really did. And the the crazy thing about it is it's all around you. Like they, yeah. they exist in our real life, these kook and currents. It's just identifying where the gold is lying, you know? Yep. So um, true. Yeah. And the other thing is it's named kook and current. Curran is the perfect example of somebody who would never have wax. And, yeah. and he's also the example of if he doesn't have wax, he would not go, he would not do what CJ did and look for the intermediate surfer in the lot and ask them for wax. He would go out without wax on his board, you know, or he, so, would, I mean, he would just like rub it in the back. He'd take the deck of his car, of the board, rub it in the back of his car where the wax had previously melted just to get like a little bit of a layer on there and then take that out. I was just going to say like, Tom Curran surfing boogie boards, Tom Curran surfing skim boards, Tom Curran surfing all manner of weird stuff. I, for sure, sometimes he thinks, you know, I don't want wax. Like I want my feet to be slidey and slippery, just like the water beneath them. Like I want to be one with this thing. And when you're Tom Curran, you don't need wax. You don't need anything. Tom is above wax. Yeah. He, why, why wax? What's wax? <laughs> Tom. I was, I was, I still love getting the, when you're waxing, what are you doing? Uh, and, and from, from people, like I was in the yard waxing the other day and had, I can't remember who it was. Somebody walked by and said, what are you doing? And I was like, how, how in the world is waxing a surfboard still a mystery too? I get that you don't surf or whatever, but you've never seen a movie. You've never seen an advertisement. You've never seen anything. And, or conceptually, you can't understand that something is sticky. I think wax to non-surfers is still only something that makes you slide. Mm. Uh, like you wax your bottom of your skis or you wax your snowboard or whatever. Yeah. And so the idea of waxing a board for stickiness, huh? Man. So that's, I've never encountered that experience. You because, never have? Well, because I only wax my surfboard at the beach. I live farther oh, from yeah. the beach than you do. And that's so true. if I'm at the beach, people know what waxing a surfboard is. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, we got entry, intro music for uh, tools, tools to live by.
All right. Tools to Live By brought to you by the ultimate tool that you can own, which is a watch, Veyer watches specifically. Promo code is SURF15 for 15% off. Feeling to have. You're in New York City, you're running around all day, your phone's liable to die, you're using the GPS all the time on that thing. Completely. Yeah, and so you're looking up restaurants on Yelp probably. So with, if that phone were to die, you still need to check the time. And so- a, Of course you do. A watch Places will keep you in business. And a watch will keep you in business no matter where you are in the world, especially if it's waterproof and you're on a surf trip. And the Veyer watches are, in fact, waterproof. They have a warranty for it. Um, and uh, we use the one that has the solar dial, so it absorbs energy from the sun to power the watch. You don't need to wind it. You don't need a new battery. You don't need anything. The sun takes it care of it for you. Peak environmentalism. Exactly. Veyer is spelled V-A-E-R. Free U.S. shipping. Easy returns. They have styles for everybody. Um, and they're they're just incredibly well made, like out of high quality, you know, scratch free sapphire crystal, all that sort of stuff. Anyways, tools to live by brought to you by Vare is where we provide advice for our listeners, give them the tools to navigate their life. And we have an email. He said, hello, David Lee and Chaz. I need some advice about a vow in my life that I can't shake my mother. She learned to surf as a kid in the Outer Banks and has been surfing pretty consistently for 40 or so years. She taught me and my siblings to surf as young children, mainly as a way to get us to leave her alone when we're at the beach. However, now I'm almost 30, and while I'm probably past my peak performance, she's taken an even steeper decline. I had friends in high school who picked up surfing late and would always want to go surfing with me even though they weren't that good. I'd take them to lesser breaks and try to avoid their calls and texts during good swells because I see, because it seemed embarrassing to surf with them. Now that kooky friend is my mom. She'll no, she'll no look burn people, pull back from good set waves, and get stuck on the inside on her neon yellow longboard, typically wearing a white, <laughs> wearing a pink bucket hat. Wearing a pink bucket hat, riding a yellow longboard, okay? While summer approaching is no big deal because the surf is going to be pretty crappy for the most part. Uh, but the fall hurricane season in the near future, I don't know what to do. My brother brought her out at on Dawn Patrol last fall, and she seriously tweaked her knee just on the paddle out. I didn't. I don't want her to get hurt when the surf gets good, and I also don't want to have to babysit a vulnerable adult every time I go surf. Please let me. Do, <laughs> please let me know if you have any thoughts on the issue. Keep up the work. Thanks, Austin. I really, this is one of my favorite of all time. This goes into our email hall of fames right here. Like the buildup, the like every part of it was spot on. Thank you for your service. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say what you do. Uh, you know, I really do feel good about the advice we give here because I feel it is not only workable, but it is straight good. Just think and ghost your mom, right? Ooh. Like do treat your mom like your friends in terms of co- come over for dinner, take her out for brunch, do all the things. But like this expectation that we're glued to our phone all the time, hitting every message, knowing everything, right? Like, and so ghost. Now, if she asks you to go surfing, this is where it gets a little trickier, right? So if, yeah, so ghost when you're about to go and you start to see your phone ring, then just don't answer. 
It's no expectation that you were by your phone, right? Why would there be an expectation that you were always by your phone? But the uh, e or text or the call, hey, I would let's go surfing tomorrow that you accidentally pick up or that you have to deal with. What do you do there, David Lee? I'm going to take the opposite stance. I don't like the ghosting your mom stance. <laughs> although, although everybody ghosts their mom, like at a certain age, yeah. an adult male ghosts their mom. That's a regular thing to do, whether you That's serve what I'm or saying. not. Yeah. But the reason why I'm anti is because this is a really unique bond. Like the fact that your mom surfs and that you guys have that in common, she shared that with you is super cool. And the reality is she won't be able to surf much longer. If she's 70, her days are numbered and you will miss the time when you did used to surf together. And there will be new swells. There will be other fall or autumns that come. And so you're only going to get, let's say one or two more autumns. She wants to surf with you, go surf with her. The tweaking her knee situation, I think you maybe have to have an honest conversation with her about what her capabilities are, but you could find somewhere that the waves are still good and not as, you know, threatening um, as the main main peak or whatever. The pr- problem is, though, our dear uh, rider is, ain't getting any younger himself. He's 30. These are kind of peak years are dripping away. So are you going to waste two of your peak years? paddling around with your invalid mother? <laughs> well, the question That's... is, what do you value more? That relation, the quality time with your mom in the surf or getting barreled? That is the question. I mean, I think you could, I think, oh, here. So we've just stumbled on the perfect solution. It's uh, when it's a crappy-ish day. That's when you say, hey, mom, let's go surf, right? And then the other, then you're fulfilling your surf duty with your mother uh, in either not the best days and or not the best places and then ghost when it gets good. So get her surfed out when you, if you see a swells coming on Thursday and it's Monday, she'd be like, mom, let's hit it hard today, tomorrow, Wednesday. And then on Thursday, she's like, I need a break. You're like, peace. Yeah. Say you uh, go relax, man. Yeah. Have a comfortable time. Yeah. Good. See, we solved the problem. We solved it. We solved it through. This was a hard one. This is a tricky one. Well, it's, um, put yourself in the mom's shoes, right? Like if you teach Hemi, I actually maybe throw out surfing ballet. You're doing ballet with her right now at a certain point, at a certain point, she's going to be embarrassed to have you trying to do ballet with her. Well, I mean, it's not just that she'll be embarrassed going to the ballet with me. Right. But, and that's going to hurt. That's going to, that's going to sting. Uh, but I will have to say, you know, you go to ballet with your, you go watch the ballet with your wonderful ballerina friends, have a good time. Then I'm just going to go sneak in the back. So that's what, if mom is listening, that's what mom could do. Mom would say, you go surf with your friends and then just keep showing up. (laughs) See, I think while it's a noble position for you as the father to acknowledge that and then to give her her space, the even more noble thing would be for Hemi to realize how much it means to you and include dad in it. Well, but you know, even the nobility and this writer, I think, uh, hits the nail on the head really with this is you can't help but cringe, right? His description of even if it is totally noble, but inside, if you're just like, oh, like if, you know, you don't want that for anybody. You don't want anybody to be just, cringing. 
I do internally. Sim- I do sympathize with that part of it where it's like part of him wants to do this with her, but her ability has declined so much. I mean, the no look burn is the, just, and knowing that's, that's my, and the, and the struggling pa- on the inside, the pulling back on set waves too. It's like, you see your mom queued up for the wave of the day and she strokes and then just pulls back on her own volition. I'd be like, mom, what the hell? Like you start cussing at your mom in the lineup. I mean, especially Kook shouting at yeah. her. Imagine if somebody was like right inside of her, ready to have the wave of their life, but they pulled back because mom was going. Then mom pulls back. There's nothing worse than that. Nothing oh, worse than she's oh, going to get screamed no. at. And then you got to defend yeah. your mom. Hey, yeah. Hey, that's my mom. I mean, yeah. this is, this is the conundrum now that we're looking at it under this angle, like having to the kookiest person in the lineup and you have to defend that person, even though you would never under any other circumstance. That's what I'm saying though. That's why the workaround is take her surfing on crappy days at crappy spots, ghost her when it gets good. I mean, honestly, accidentally unavailable. In addition to all of that surf away from the crowds. I think that's the part a is just get away from other crowds and get one-on-one time with your mom. I think, but yeah, man, is there any version of this where you can have an honest conversation with your mom? And, no, and just be like, hey, mom, you're freaking you kooking it. Like you are, yeah. you look kooky, you're acting kooky, and yep. and it's bringing shame to our family name. Yep. Nope. You cannot ever have that part of the conversation. That one, that's why, again, tools to live by is so good is because very rarely can you take anything that's personal head on, right? There's, you got to find the workaround. You got to find the tool True. to live by. It is true. That is the tools to live by is to never, never confront anything head on. (laughs) The ultimate tool is to subvert all honesty. There has to, you gotta like present a little modicum of truth, but you really need to do a workaround. I mean, that's the thing. It's nothing like a bald face lie because I'm not telling him to tell, you know, any ever lie to his mom. Ghosting is not lying. Right. That's, that's the workaround. Yeah. I think, I think we've solved it. So, uh, thank you for that email. It was a wonderful email. You're in a unique position. Cause I think very few people's moms surf with them. Devin Howard's mom surfs. Um, yep. there's a couple, but, uh, and thank you to Vayer. Well, I didn't say it, but Vayer is spelled V A E R Vayer watches.com promo code surf 15 for 15% off brought to you by the ultimate tool. Uh, Tim Allen, I can't believe people thought that was funny. His like, I'm an unevolved male. But that was like, that was funny enough, apparently, to not only have a show get greenlit, but to go for like five or six or how many seasons Home Improvement went for. Dude, more than that. It was like, I mean, you watched it for four or five or six, and then it kept going for another five. And he made more money. Like if you look at his net worth, it's shockingly high just because that show got syndicated everywhere and he was like the main earner on it, you know? But the, but the whole show is literally based on him going like <laughs> on that, on that sound. <laughs> it's like stereotypical machismo male who doesn't have a thought beyond that grunt. Yeah. There was a few good gimmicks though, like the neighbor not being able to yeah. see the neighbor's face, things like that that kept you engaged that, week to week. The hot tool girl. Oh yeah, I think she was. Was she in season? I don't think she was added until like the third or fourth season, though, right? Yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah. I and the and the 
boys that went on, the sons that went on to kind of other fame-ish. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, all the chick yeah, girls guy. thought he was hot. So yeah, they that that's the thing. They had uh, ways to engage every demographic. You know, like let's yeah. put a young, good-looking boy with cool hair. Then let's every, put the hot, young, older chick. The only demographic they missed was anybody who was not Lily White. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a great girl. point. More white people by white people. A hundred percent. Well, hey, we got another call that's related to uh, parenting, the relationships that adults have with their parents. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please. Okay. Hey, Chaz, Dave, Lee, Scales. Um, just calling in from uh, West Oz. Um, been sat on this one for a couple of weeks and just uh, thought the press had gone very quiet on it. So uh, it's kind of been bugging me a little bit. So I wanted to discuss um, Tyler Wright's interview lineup um, episode 147. Uh, absolutely amazed that she threw her dad under the bus with um, allegations of uh, mental abuse and hints of physical abuse. Um, Dave Prodom just left it flat, didn't kind of follow up on that line of questioning. And uh, just seemed sick and uh, really not the way to go to, uh, as I say, throw your dad under the bus in a public uh, interview. Anyways, certainly not going to hear it on the lineup and definitely won't hear it on double up. Um, so I just wanted to see what you guys thought about the whole thing. Enjoying the show. Absolutely fantastic. It uh, has been stitches every week and um really enjoying it so keep up the great work guys and um next stop margaret river can't wait i'll be down there hopefully i'll get run over by uh the right uh motorcade so uh see you soon cheers guys thanks well that listener was just to recap asking about um tyler wright's interview on dave prodan's podcast the lineup which is produced by the WSL. And apparently she threw her dad under the bus with allegations of mental abuse. And I think he might've even said physical abuse. And he was shocked that she would throw the dad under the bus. Do you have any awareness of this episode or this storyline? Uh, no, not of the episode, but of the storyline. Yes. Right. There's like been smoke, a lot, a lot of it from the fires that Tyler sparks in various interviews and whatnot right about the dad wanted us to be surfers and so really pushed us hard and you know that like that narrative and that's all fine and good but like i mean okay if there was really abuse that's one thing right like proper abuse but let's talk about the slippery sliding scale of abuse to make great surfers which all of them are i'm sure dad was like a taskmaster look at king richard look at you know like to make greatness is not a, and it's terrifying. It's a terrifying journey or a terrifying tightrope. I get it, right? Like the, or I feel this, the deeper I get into this ballet thing, when are you pushing your kid too, too hard, right? When is it, but to not push or to not provide avenues where they will be pushed, but all of that can in the, in, you know, hindsight can be looked back on, well, you, you know, you pushed me too hard. Like everything hindsight is of course, 2020, uh, for Tyler, I think as a professional surfer, as a world champion, et cetera, et cetera, where she is, is undoubtedly, uh, because of her father. So for her to go to continue on the path 
and then go kick her father under the bus. If she had not surfed, if she had stopped surfing and was in a total other career, say an actress or something, and talked about her abusive childhood where her dad wanted her to be a pro surfer and that is the last thing in the world she wanted, but he continued to try to make her, then I would, I would say, well, you have a case, right? You didn't want to do this. Your dad kept trying to make you do this. Well, as soon as you had your own opportunity, you stopped doing it and became something else. But no, you became a professional surfer, which seems to me any kind of kicking dad on the bus and what dad did. Sure, all of this, you know, it was probably a lot of unhealthy stuff. There was probably a lot of hard stuff. There was probably a lot of times that it was too much or whatever. But how do you ever know? in the moment and look what it created. It created world champion or a world champion surfer. And so stuff it, Tyler, right? <laughs> I mean, are, are you kidding me? Like it, to me, it's the, it's, but she is, she is perpetually, I think Tyler, Wright Is the poster child for talking out of both sides of her mouth for cake, eating it too, for all of the, for performative junk that she does nothing about for all of this stuff. Right. Yeah. Like that is Tyler, right? And so to whine about the abuse that your dad dished out, to make you a pro surfer while being a pro surfer and cashing those pro surfer checks, you like shush your mouth. That's uh, a good take to be honest. <laughs> it is a good take. I mean, cause I was a little conflicted when I got this call. I was like, I don't feel comfortable necessarily talking about somebody else's family dynamics when I know nothing about them. Right. Well, that's really not what we're going to talk about. So the reason yeah. why I played it is, no, we don't need to discuss their family dynamics because we don't know them. I have no insights. I didn't even listen to the episode. It would be the first episode of the lineup that I'd ever listened to <laughs> if I did listen to that episode. Um, and I'm not going to start now. But there's a greater kind of issue here, which is exactly what you identified, you know? And so it's almost no matter what, almost, by the way, almost no matter what the situation was at home, I'm not sure it's ever okay to have that public conversation, to throw your parents under the bus uh, in that way. I understand that abuse, if abuse was egregious enough that there does need, if there's criminal behavior, maybe whatever it happens to be, there is a version that needs to be brought to light and the authorities need to be alerted so that this behavior doesn't perpetuate, you know, sure. and affect other people or your grant or your kids and all that sort of stuff. But that's the bar, right? But, it's not my parents spanked me. And so if that's the bar for Tyler, maybe, maybe that is the bar for Tyler that she is now acknowledging and that's why she's making it public but i'm gonna guess that maybe it isn't that egregious and so the reason why it's only allowed why it should only be done in those circumstances is your parents are people too your parents are uh struggling people they're trying their hardest you know i don't think that there's malice intent i don't think that they're so they're making mistakes along the way. And you experienced life in a certain way that you do apparently feel like a victim about, but you need to have a certain level of sympathy for the person who is trying their hardest. Again, if it falls short of proper neglect, proper criminal behavior, all that sort of stuff, you need to have sympathy for that person. And especially when their version of doing it, as flawed as it may be, has provided you with a very you, what you uniquely are beautiful lifestyle. Like you do have so much more privilege than 99.9% .9 of not only humans that live today, but of all of human civilization. And so if you can't recognize that privilege 
was largely the result of the parenting that you received, then it's silly to focus on the, the, the bad parts of that parenting. You know, it really is over. It's, it's disrespecting all of the good parts of the parenting. I mean, yeah, it's just, and again, you are exactly right. I don't have more insight than that. The only insight I have of, uh, the, uh, whatever Tyler Wright's father and Owens and Mikey's dad was that he wanted pro surf surfer kids. So really pushed him hard, right? Like really did him, did it for him or whatever, you know, I don't know. So if she was hinting at abuse other than that, but if that's what the abuse was hinted at, and even if she was hinting at abuse other than that, that's yeah. Again, like you said, like it's, you know, whatever, like I don't, I personally don't feel there is a time or place because exactly to your point, everybody makes mistakes. I am making massive mistakes with Hemi. I'm not making massive mistakes with my daughter because I want to, because I'm trying to make mistakes. I'm making mistakes because I'm human and I'm doing the best I can, which is not perfect. And aren't there some things that just aren't for public consumption? Like, again, if it's criminal behavior that needs to be brought to light, okay, that's one thing, but you're not, you're not, um, alerting the authorities to his behavior. You're just airing your dirty laundry for other people to then have a negative opinion about your father. And I just don't understand the point of that. Like, I understand even if you feel victimized and are aggrieved and you're creating healthy boundaries to where you don't spend time with your dad, that's all fine and good. Why would you talk about it with Dave Prodan? Yeah. <laughs> publicly. I mean, exactly. And putting it on a podcast. We all have things about our parents that we wish were different, I'm sure, you know? But we're not ta- – you don't talk about it publicly. Like, there's certain things that are reserved for you and your spouse to – hold hold you know i don't know i just think i mean it's insane it's uh, ridiculous and again getting all hopped up and mad about it when i didn't listen to the podcast and won't listen to the podcast i think is silly but i think for me but tyler right i think people pile on tyler and i'm sure she feels or i think a lot of the surf community piles on it right and i think she probably feels it's because i'm gay i'm openly gay because i'm a woman because of this kind of stuff and it's if I was an openly gay woman, I'd be like, ah, oh, Tyler Wright. Like, you give all of us a bad name. Mm. You look like a whiner. You look like, you know, you're not doing, you're not helping anybody else out here. You're not doing anybody any favors. Yeah. And I don't mean doing people favors by, you know, being a version of some sanitized thing that, you know, people want to hear or see or whatever. I don't mean that at all. I just, she seems like a whiner perpetually. Yeah. And here we are whining about her. <laughs> yep. Whine away. Um, I got a heart out in 15 accidentally too. Okay, great. Good to know. Um, well, I think, by the way, her surfing at Margaret River is top notch. Like her opening yeah. round heat, I saw a couple of waves like on Instagram because I wasn't watching the event. But I was really impressed by the flow, speed, power, and flow from the beginning. Like just rail to rail, off the bottom, huge hack, boom, off the bottom bottom again coming off of that another huge hack no little uh no downtime in between anything just rail to rail to rail so it's good to see that all credit to rob wright throwing rocks at her when she was eight years old out there getting her to link her turn i was gonna say all credit to john Pizel, but that too all right and john Pizel. we'll cut to commercial i do want to talk about athleticgreens.com slash surf this week and then uh, we'll come back with barrel or not 
All right, Chaz, just a quick moment to remind people about athleticgreens.com slash surf. Please drink up, everyone. It is your health. It is. I'm in the city, David Lee Scales. It's busy. Guess how many miles I walked yesterday, and I only know this because somebody with me all day had an Apple Watch. Uh, guess how many miles? Six. It was uh, probably upwards around nine. Oh, my I mean, God. I'd walked with her eight, but then uh, had done walk the dogs earlier. So anyway, how do you feel yourself when you're walking that much? You need, first of all, hydration, and second of all, whole foods. And it's so easy. That's the beauty of it. Athleticgreens.com slash surf is a powder that you pour into your morning drink. Give it a shake. Drink it down. Good all day. Athleticgreens.com slash surf is our portal. It is where you find whole body vitality. It's a one-stop shop. Set it and forget it. We need ways to simplify our lives at this point. And this is just a powder. You get all of your nutrients in one scoop, basically, for the day. And you're covered. And uh, it shows up at your door. You don't even have to go to the store to buy it. So, athleticgreens.com slash surf. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Chaz, we're back. Barrel or not. Barrel or not, of course, is now wrapped in warm, buttery neoprene brought mm. to you by Buell. Buell Surf, when you need wetsuits, any sort of, they have impact suits, they now have soft tops, they've got everything you need, Buell. I mean, again, I fondled that wetsuit before getting on the plane to New York, and I cannot wait to go back and get into that wetsuit and surf. They also have your single millimeter option. So you were hyping that before that. we even had Buell as a sponsor. You're like, the single mill option's the option. I don't need these variations. luxury. Yeah. So It is the yeah Versailles of wetsuits. You've got the straight four mil suit. I've got the straight three mil suit. And uh, find it all on, of course, BuellSurf.com. Thank you, Buell, for wrapping this segment like a present for our listeners mm. in neoprene. Uh, we have got a listener line call that we're going to kick off this segment with. So here you go. Hey, Joe from San Diego for The Grit. Uh, this is, we've spoken about kissing babies ad nauseum. 
we already know where everybody stands. Some people stand one side of the line, some some the other. But what I really want to know now is what about letting your dog lick you on the lips? Or some people will even go as far as to talk when their dog kisses them in the face and lets the, uh, the old tongue slip into the mouth. How about that? How about pet on human contact? Interested to hear what you guys say. Dogs kissing humans. An absolute banger of a call. Very, very well done in pulling this one out. In my younger years, I might have said Beryl in turn for a couple reasons. Uh, I might have fallen for the old wives' tale, which I don't know it's not true, but I don't know that it's true, that dogs' mouths are cleaner than human mouths, mm. right? You've heard that before. I've heard it. That old chestnut. So I would have said that makes it a barrel, and also, if you're into it, that makes it a barrel, and also that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, mm. that getting various germs in there introducing new toxins you know your body's got to deal with that and get healthier and figure out how to fight those germs and whatnot so i will say if you're an adult it is absolutely no barrel to kiss your dog on the mouth because it's just juvenile and weird nothing about cleanliness nothing about dirty stuff it's just weird it's weird to get down there and kiss a dog let a dog's tongue rub over your mouth or face, right? Like even if a dog starts licking your face, you should get the dog away quick, right? It's not a behavior that should be encouraged. Uh, on the, that for an adult, for the kid though, I still think it's important. If your baby's crawling around, and your dog goes and licks their head and whatnot. That's all fine and good. Let the baby like get the baby's tolerance for various germs and whatnot up. That's fine. But for an adult, it is no barrel. Yeah. In that scenario, the dog is treating the baby like it's one of its litter. So it is yeah. protecting the baby. It's a different dynamic. Yeah. But I agree with you. And now what's weird about this is living in Southern California, as a society, we have a different relationship with dogs than all of society who came before. And there's other societies around the world who have a similar relationship that we do now, but it's very different than the vast majority of human evolution's relationship with dogs and domesticated dogs even. Um, and that is they're equivalent to children. They eat as good as children. They get pampered as well as children. And so licking the lips, all that sort of stuff is now commonplace here. I see it all the time. Dogs riding on planes, all this sort of stuff, right? And I want to go back to the older way of life. I have been duped into this version of a relationship uh, with the dog. And to be perfectly honest, I am not happy with it. And my dog's not happy with it. My no. dog needs more discipline, needs more structure, would prefer to sleep outside, you know, and protect the house and should have purpose that way. And this became crystal clear to me, uh, when I went and spent time with Chris Malloy, uh, to record a podcast on his 150 acre ranch. And I get there and there's three or four dogs and, we enter his house and I go, oh, should I let the dogs, should I close the door? Should I let the dogs in? And he laughed at me. He's like, are you kidding me? No, those dogs have never been inside one day in yeah. their life. And he lives out uh, again on this ranch where there are, you know, uh, predator animals, mountain lions, all this stuff. And it's cold. Like it gets frigid out where he is. His dogs sleep outside. And it's like those dogs were the most well-behaved dogs. They seemed happy. You know what I mean? They probably, they're not nearly as groomed or pampered as my dog. And all I'm doing is creating neuroses for my dog by treating her the way that we treat her. Or I'll say, by the way, my wife treats her. 
Um, and so, yeah, licking on the face, dude, no way that in that yeah. scenario, that dog is your equal and it will always be freaking out, trying to misbehave because it thinks you're equals. It's trying to now, uh, protect the house, protect you. It's going to bark at the mailman, whatever. Like it needs to know its place, which is not the alpha position in the pack. I think, uh, all dog related questions can probably be answered with the other simple question. What would Chris Malloy do? Nailed it, dude. Absolutely yep. nailed it. Would Chris Malloy spend $180 on dog food that comes shipped from some gluten-free facility to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is that what Chris Malloy is doing? No. Oh. Would Chris Malloy his... get an IV drip when he gets sick? No. I mean, I guess, I guess that answers not just dog related questions, all questions. Exactly. What would Chris Malloy do? Great point. I'm going to get a bracelet made. Me too. Um, we should, we should make t-shirts. What's your timeline now? How many minutes? I got like uh, six. Okay, good. Real quick one then, which I already know your answer. Board shorts in public. Hey guys, Bob T, part-time resident of Hawaii here. Barrel or not, wearing board shorts as daily wear, like running errands or shopping at the store, dropping kids off at school, eating lunch at some place. I see a lot of guys here going uh, about their day wearing board shorts as if it were any other type of pant or walk shorts, sometimes even paired with shoes. And also... Just yes or yay or nay. No conditionals, just a straight barrel or not like the olden days. Thanks. Uh-oh, I got a conditional for him. <laughs> <laughs> it wearing boardies is barrel in Hawaii on the islands, as, but you got to be in slippers. You cannot pull put shoes on. Uh, you know, like so that, I mean, it is the Hawaiian national costume, right? Or statewide costume, I think, is board shorts and slippers, and a tank top. You are in the fine lineage of Andy and Bruce Irons all the way down to Buffalo. You are part of a proud heritage, but outside of Hawaii, it's a no barrel. It's absolutely no barrel outside of Hawaii. Even in Hawaii, I say it's no barrel, but I'll tell you what's great is uh, a number of years ago, they started making like walk shorts. So they're cut like wow. a regular short with pockets. But it's board shorts material. Made out of board short material is the perfect solution for this. It is not. It is not. Have you seen those things? Those things still look like board shorts. Like board, the drape of a board short and the way the board short moves is that's what defines the board short, not its drawstring. And uh, it's the material that defines it, I think, or part of what defines it. Not like if they had a board short that was made from, I don't know, cut off corduroy, then you could say, okay, that's a fine short to wear in public. Also, surfing it, I, I in fact surf in a corduroy, cut off corduroy pair of shorts i feel like maybe surf short like op used to have those or something feels like an yeah. op thing op did all right well we're separating you go barrel in hawaii i'm going no barrel full stop no conditions okay. uh final barrel or not comes from jay martinez it's a classic david lee scales Chaz, jay martinez in florida man i got an ingrown hair the size of a non-gmo cotton candy grape on the inside of my thigh right now like directly where the rail touches the thigh I blame the above knee Mikey Wright board shorts I'm forced to wear, but we'll save that for another time. I needed a break from my Judaic hypochondria, thoughts of leg amputation, so I'm checking in with a four-piece barrel or not. These are in-the-lineup mannerisms, ones I think we'll all recognize, but don't think we've covered here yet. Number one, the palm squeeze water squirt. Sitting in a lineup, squirting little streams skyward or at somebody's face by squeezing partially submerged hands together. Number two, the nose grab paddle. 
This should be differentiated from the nose grab, no paddle takeoff, a definite barrel. This is a less functional, almost ornamental grabbing of the nose and often involves leaving one hand on the tip and paddling with the other. This move seems to be an effective way to unassumingly reposition oneself in a lineup. I don't know. Number three, the cross-footed paddle. Pretty self-explanatory, paddling with your feet crossed. And number four, the missed wave falsetto. We've already established cussing and anger at a missed wave is a definite no-barrel, but imagine you just attempted a nose grab, no paddle takeoff with your feet crossed, but a stiff offshore blows you back, and as you miss it, you emit a cackly falsetto cry of disappointment, almost like a crow calling. Ah! So to recap, one, squirt, two, nose grab, three, feet crossed, four, ah! Are any of these behaviors a mark of the kook or curran, or alternatively a sign of pretension? Shout out to our sponsor, <coughs> AG1, Sunbum, Real Water Sports, Bayer, Fuel, and LinkedIn for that J-O-B, y'all. P.S. Do you think the Dalai Lama stuffed Michael Jackson, or did Michael Jackson stuff the Dalai Lama, or did they switch positions? Keep work. Jay Martinez, classic. Quite the writer. Uh, so I'm going to go no barrel on hand squirt. It is something juvenile and silly. Like, there's other things to do depending on the lineup with your hands to keep yourself occupied. I understand that we're all human and all, you know, to have various levels of ADHD and just sitting still in the water is boring a lot of the times, right? So I like personally to pick at seaweed, like grab a piece of seaweed that floats by and just kind of, you know, pick on it or whatever. There's other stuff to do out there. Then that, that hand squirt thing is always annoying to me. So I'm going no barrel on that. What do you give on that one? Well, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like I've perfected it. I've spent so much time in the water. I remember early, early days in the water, seeing other people do like a perfect arching squirt. And I was like, well, how do you do that? And then over the course of 30 years of surfing, it's just common second nature to me now. Uh, so you're giving it a barrel. Sure. I, I mean, uh, okay. I'm going to go now. Moving on. Uh, the, the cool, like, he's talking about paddling for a wave. Cause oftentimes like I'll be in the lineup and paddling and then just, you know, don't need to move very fast. And so we'll grab the nose and just paddle with one arm just because I'm resting the other arm. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about on a wave takeoff. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to say barrel. It looks pretty cool when it works. Yeah. I think it's cool too. I mean, there's a position there when you're riding a pointy thruster, sometimes the micro adjustments matter, you know, in terms yep. of positioning and where you're going to get to your feet and all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of more of what that's about. And if it's a wave that's right about to break and you don't need both arms to paddle, then it's totally functional. That's a functional barrel. one for me. I'm barrel with it. The cross-footed <laughs> paddle, I don't think that even factors in. Sometimes it's just a natural feeling. So we don't need to. But not when I'm, I've, I've crossed legs when paddling around the lineup, but never four away. No, not, no. I'm never, you're just asking for tangles and trouble. Yeah. But the mist wave falsetto really hit home for me. Is the mist yep. wave falsetto I have found myself doing, and then I'm embarrassed. I'm like, oh no, the people who are around me think I'm just giving that caw to like, like uh, to let them know that I tried my hardest, but I missed it. Like, don't blame me. That wave went unridden, and I'm just letting you know, like I tried my hardest. But it naturally comes out. It's like an instinct that comes out of you. That, but I'm gonna say it's it's only barrel. There's a time that it is barrel when you cannot help it, but when you are really giving your all, right? If you're aware of yourself making that scream, then it's a no barrel. If you're like, if it's performative yeah. and, or if you're not, if you're doing the one hand paddle and you missed it, if you're doing something that you shouldn't have been doing, if you're not digging full, but that feeling 
of digging full for a wave and missing it, of being a little too far out or the wind being a little too stiff and you a little too wimpy. Any of those feelings are super frustrating. It, and so it, the, the natural rah, is good. And he nailed it. And it's instinctual. For some reason, yeah. every human being, you it doesn't matter what language you speak. Every human being around the planet gives that exact ah when you fail to yep. catch the wave. And the reason why is it's your own fault. It's like, yes, if I was in a better position, I should have been in a better position. Next time I'll be in a better position, you know, and or I, if I was in better shape, if I didn't eat a burrito last night for dinner, whatever it is, this is my it's fault. always your ah. fault. It's never the wave's fault. Yeah, I think that frustrating yell is never frustrated. I'm never frustrated at the wave. I'm always frustrated at myself for not catching it. Totally. But you're not allowed to be frustrated at yourself if you're doing something, you know, frivolous. Like if you're one hand paddling and miss it, that's not, obviously, that's not barrel. And or if you are only doing it, if you think, oh, people are going to be bummed at me. Like I didn't, this wave was a little too big or something. I didn't really want it, but so I'm going to half fake dig and then give the screen. You can't do that. I'm going to make a remix of Jay Martinez going, Caw! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I've never even thought about the missed wave falsetto before in my life. And so I love that he brought it totally to our attention, our attention because it's universal. Thank you, Jay Martinez. Thank you, Jay Martinez. Thank you, Buell. Buell Surf. Dot com. Uh, check them out. Jamie O'Brien's on the team. Dane's on the team. Nat Young's on the if, team. They've got a banger if, team. I mean, that's that's the other thing, too, I think, along with what would Chris Malloy do. I think you can say any product that Dane endorses is good enough for you. I'm fine with Full it. Full stop. I, I'm totally yep. cool with that, too. And Dane and uh, Chris Malloy are neighbors, essentially. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Good things coming Sweet. from the Central Coast. All right. Thank you, BuellSurf.com. Of course, thank you, VayerWatches.com. Go to SurfSplendorPodcast.com to find everything and do support our work. BeachGrid.com to find the latest news in the surf world. Chaz, anything else from you? I think that's it. I'm to apologize for the slow posts here from New York, but yeah, we'll get back on it. Enjoy the time soon. with family. Will do. All right. Until next week, Hannah. Bon voyage.